Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Tech in Operations. You've got Spencer and Wes here. Uh, today we are going to be sharing some knowledge, dropping some knowledge on y'all. Uh, what we have been doing at Task is living the startup life. And with that comes so many learnings. So Wes and I were oil and gas, EMP, specifically operations for a decade each. And we saw the, the great uh, things about that and also the, the very negative things that come with being an EMP. And what we want to kind of share with you today is what we have learned from being in the startup side and outside of an EMP. Like once you get out of that cage, what happens? Once you get out of that lane that you think you have to be in for the rest of your career, well, what, what develops? So um, I think uh, just to, to kick it over to Wes, because he's been with Task for over three years now, uh, myself for just one year now, and uh, just kind of open it up to him on, on maybe, uh, you know, we'll touch on some of the core things like culture and process and stuff. But for the first question for you um, and thinking in your mind, how can we make this applicable to those listening on like the EMP side? Like how can they take this and change something and make something better in their company? Um, what have you learned being outside of an EMP into a startup that has really um, made you either a better person, a uh, more um, productive individual? And like what's the learning that really comes to mind jumping from an EMP to a startup? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the one of the things that stick out um, right off the bat uh, is is having more time to think and focus um, in general. I think you know, obviously, at uh, bigger corporations, companies in general, like it's proven out. Startups are a startup for a reason, right? They're small, nimble, they're fast. And uh, a big company might say, we, we look to the ethos of a startup and how we run things here at this company, but you have to be realistic about understanding your big company, right? Um, so I think uh, focusing thoughtfulness on uh, and creativity, right? You have time to really uh, think through things versus you know a slew of meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, different people at, for asking for a different thing, which, you know, a lot of times in big organizations, obviously you're just tackling communication problems and you're trying to do it in a way that is, you know, not as strategic for who you are as a company. How do you implement better communication protocols and so on and so on? Like, um, so I think that there's uh, a lot of learnings, number one, and just having more time and that devotion and that creativity can just yield a better output, right? Mm-hmm. You can create, you can you can have uh, autonomy to do so. It's one equals one, um, or like one plus one equals two. At a uh, EMP, you may be putting in like a lot of effort, but receiving like very little gains. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I think that's definitely another point is uh, there's so much effort put in <clears throat> working at EMPs and big companies to get uh, a small change, right? And because you have so many people to manage and you have so many processes to run down and you have the day-to-day, the short-term, like long-term isn't well-balanced versus at a startup, you know, if I write a pitch deck, if I, you know, have a thought for a program, uh, uh, whatever Mm -hmm. the case is, a model, the application of it, the market, the design, 
uh, you can that is solely in your hand to create and create a product out of. And so I think that that uh, value of work is very efficient at a startup versus uh, not conducive and a lower ratio at a EMP or a mm-hmm. company. Yeah, I think one thing we were confronted with recently was um, <clears throat> just dealing with like, you know, we only have you know ten people or so in our our co right now and. Um, if the company doesn't succeed, it's really on the shoulders of 10 at an EMP. It's on the shoulders of many. That's where like kind of group think comes in and, uh, no one really bears the responsibility of any sole project. So, um, talk to me, Wes, on like, you know, if you think about, uh, culture at EMPs, like everyone talks about like the shitty manager and the shitty boss and uh the the hr that's not involved or just is just not working for the company now you've got a startup now um you know we're accountable for the success of the company you know it's it's only on us uh talk to me about culture in a startup versus culture in an emp the biggest differences you've seen and also maybe what's something that the listeners can um bring back to their emp is something they should try um, yeah, I mean, I think the culture is obviously uh, defined in big companies as being this thing, right? You're, you kind of, um, you know, you go into this environment uh, at an EMP and, and maybe what's being branded or advertised and what's the, the reality is two different things, right? And so I think uh, just a quick snippet on that. Uh, we talked to somebody at, at Instagram, right? As a VP, I think a product at the time at Instagram. And he said, if you are 5% misaligned, then things things drastically slow down. Mm-hmm. That's something that's always stuck with me. Um, and so I think even just, sorry, from that that ties into how a company acts, right? Because if, if what's being branded, what's being advertised uh, is far off the mark, and that is just something that's trying to be marketed for inbound um, and not really keeping a culture, right? You're really branding hiring for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that is separate, then you just have quicker turnover, right? And you don't have like, a good culture because it's not a true statement. Um, I think at a, uh, a startup, you know, what that means is that in, in how we view it is we never uh, set out with a culture of X. <laughs> uh, some people might have, and, th- and that's completely fine. But, you know, we just started working, right? It was like, you know, work on the problem, work on the understanding the market, work on the product, differentiation, and so you're just really focused and really passionate and creative about that work. And because it's a one-to-one relationship, you're, you're just, you know, you're just working, right? And that kind of sets the stage of who the company is going to be. And so I think it's, it's at, definitely at a startup, it's new and it can change. Um, but I think at the same time, you, you're kind of naturally creating that versus, you know, a big definition of how mm-hmm. people need to act um, that might not be true. I think it's funny the 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 inbound piece, which is like you market yourselves as some like very uh, uh, you know hip or work life balance company, and they, then they get in, and then six months they're like, "What the hell did I sign up for?" <laughs> so um, I think that's super relevant. I think the other thing that that comes to mind um, along the lines of culture is on like people are generally the problem, and what I mean by that is we learned this recently with. You know, managing some conflict amongst ourselves was that, um, you know, if you look at the EMP, there's all this people politics, there's ladder mm-hmm. climbing, there's 
people who are uh, purposefully, um, not necessarily sabotaging, but just not necessarily doing the, sure. the right behaviors yeah. at, at work. Um, and I think there's something we learned uh, within a startup because we really don't really have boundaries on who owns what or who can you know raise a flag. I think in an EMP, you know, the front line isn't going to call out a VP for being full of shit. For us, you know, we are all owners of the company and we're all, you know, looking out for the best interest. And I think what that causes a different dynamic where everyone's really cares a lot. Um, yep. Totally. And what we learned, if you want to bring it up, Wes, is on the managing conflict piece. I think that was something that was so poorly done at EMPs was like mm-hmm. when there yeah. were issues, like it just stayed for five years it just never got any better it was always like that dude is the worst i will never work with him or that like you've heard yourself say that a lot of people yes anybody in that group sucks and like that's what it is and it's very strange to not have that at a startup because you address it and you manage it but at emp you just are like ah screw that guy Mm -hmm. so we learned something recently on conflict um you know the hbr podcast which we can highlight here it's it's the i think it's the four types of conflict would highly recommend yes yeah, really good um what we learn there and how can they take that back as far as impacting our culture well no shit i think it's two different things i think it's it's a little bit hard to relate um because uh the some of the you know some of the in in a startup right um if you have uh, a lot of people focus on right how to make a product better right how to to grow certain sales if you have everybody aligned (laughs) i'll go back to alignment and like a common goal and everybody has the same passion for moving the company forward which i think is for sure uh the case at task you'll have this you you, that passion overrides into like you know we should do x and y and because we you have the means to do x and y (laughs) it's you know it can be somewhat contentious Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the problem at EMPs is uh, the passion is just not so much there, right? It might, it might be there a bit, right? That's fine. Everybody has different passion. But for the most part, you're going to be told on what to do. If you're in the normal distribution, you're not going to get fired. You're making a good wage. Like you're just living a life of yeah. like comfort for yep. the most part. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, everybody's built different, right? Um, but the, I think the, the problem at EMPs is often like there's, there's indirect, um, conflict resolution. And the problem is, is that at EMPs, that is the main conflict resolution type. And, um, when we, at a startup, you have, you kind of have to directly approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to have, you know, also team buy-in at the same time, but at an EMP, Nothing is very directly approached because there honestly lacks some type of strategy of how we're going to do this, who we're going to be, what are we going towards, and everybody has different objectives. And so, because it's misaligned, you know, does are you creating an asset? Let's just talk about operations as a unit. Well, everybody should, you know, at a startup for the early people in, you have equity, right? You're giving out equity, so you're aligned mm-hmm. on like how you're going to grow this company. Uh, at an EMP, are you doing the same? And so how how are you actually working? How does those incentives uh, align across that group and multiple groups? So I think it's interesting on, on, I'll segue into maybe like, how do you get the benefits of some startup life into EMPs? Um, and maybe one of those is like ownership via equity or something. But <clears throat> yeah, uh, as far as the conflict goes, 
uh, I feel like that was the worst part about working at EMPs was just like the beefs that ha- that were between, um, you know, people on different teams. And uh, the podcast was to was the the four um, types of conflict in managing that HBR. Uh, there's four types. There's um, personal, which is like I don't like the way you chew. There is task, which is how are we doing this work? Or sorry, um, no, what is the work? So the task is what is the work? What's the problem? Uh, how, um, which is the process. And then there is the fourth one, which is status. And that's going to be just based on your level in the company. And they're just telling you what to do. Um, and most conflict fits in one of those buckets. And there's a different way to manage each one of those conflicts. And would really recommend that was something um, really helped our team kind of get, get on a good jive um, is, is listening to that one and how we could improve communication wise. And if we move away from the culture and the conflict side, which I think are two things that really stick out at working at the EMP, those things I think are some of the, the most glaring things. I think like when you go to the bar and you drink with someone, it's always about, and you, and, and you go with all your friends from your work. It's like, it's, you're talking about this person or you're talking about like this cultural problem. Yeah. It's never actually about the work or yes. the problem. Totally. It's about a person or a group. The majority of the time, yes, yeah, for sure. Right? So that's or why- it's intertwined <laughs> in the conversation. Yeah. That's why we bring that up because it's so relevant to like what you do is just people. Um, yeah, it's, I'd say also uh, just kind of segue into another topic, but a lot of the early stage, uh, you know, when when we left, when I when I left a, a job and started Task, the problems and completely change, right? And so that's the fun thing about a startup is that you're always working on dynamic problems. In the beginning, you're trying to define the problem and solution. You're trying to define like who the competition is, the market, the market size, and then you build an MVP and then you get feedback, right? Like, and how do you develop an MVP at lowest cost but highest reward? Um, what is an MVP? Um, all those pieces. And then, you know, your problems change over time of mm-hmm. getting the first sale, raising money, all these things. And so it's very dynamic, right? You're learning a lot on the fly. And I think that's one thing at an EMP, you're not, or, or a big company, the learning is just like, the learning cycle is just not there for mm-hmm. the most part, right? You're falling back and, and some of the people we interview, you're falling back on corporate practices and even in technology groups at a big company, for example, you're not using any up-to-date practices or any up-to-date technology and so the point being is that you kind of get boxed in in this way of working um, and you're not learning over time so I think that's one thing at task and that's completely different than working at a big company that is differentiated but in the beginning you know you're you're trying to find this market play right Um, at at a big company you're just kind of worried about the big company what what do I need to do uh, your perspective is somewhat small and I try to try to be big by the goals and the mission of the company and everything else at a startup you're defining the market you're trying to understand where you can go you're trying to understand you know product differentiation where the market is where the market will be what changes in technology are going to affect the market in 10 years um, who do you need to be as a company your brand your awareness your design your team like there's so many facets of it and so uh, absolutely, you know, differentiated from a big company, you get that experience. But mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a tough uh, jumping the ship to do that because there's no, you know, there's no guarantees on success. And you have to start from the, the ground up. You, mm-hmm. you are no longer manager, you know, change agent, whatever in the company. You have to sway everybody on not a lot in the beginning, 
off of nothing, right? Off of a thesis to continue to grow. And that's for sure challenging. So let's leave the audience with maybe uh, one thing they can take away to, I'll, I'll give one, you can give one that they can just apply to some different, you know, mentalities when they're at work. And, and the first one that comes to mind to me is, <clears throat> I think failing fast is stupid. I think uh, you may find EMPs adopt, like let's adopt Silicon Valley Valley's uh, philosophy of, you know, fail fast. What I've personally learned at, at, you know, a startup is like to fail very thoughtfully because if you fail thoughtfully, you end up with success on the other side. So you need to be measured in what you fail on. So an example of that is like, if you don't know that uh, the plunger type you're using, you know, using X vendor or X type is the right one, like try something different and do it measured wise. I mean, it's these, these candidates, this, um, you know, plunger type to this other plunger type for this reason. Um, and it's very thoughtful in your approach. And if you fail, it's very understood about why. And then you can basically pivot off that and have a, a success out of it. So I think that's one thing that was less encouraged in operations development and drilling was, was to, you know, uh, have failures um, and to allow those failures to basically lead to continuous improvement. And that's one thing I think that startups do very well on is at least ours is we fail like every day, probably multiple times. And in that we become like extremely successful in the next iteration. Um, that's not something that I would say is widely preached at EMPs is to expose yourself to those failures because it's very risky and it can be, feel scary at times. But that's something that I think would uh, be a message I would say to the, the uh, engineers or operators listening is like, do some thoughtful failures for sure. What do you got, Wes? Um, to, to reiterate the question. So the question being, what's the one takeaway we could give to the audience to uh, apply to their current jobs in EMPs um, that we've learned at startups? Mine being, go, go do some very thoughtful fa failures. What could they go do right now at EMPs to make their life better? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that I have a great answer for this. I, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a off approach, but you know, I think a little bit going to your first question is one of the biggest things we learned. One of the biggest things I learned as a founder was um, to 10x your strength mm, and good. be aware on what you're really good at and what you kind of suck at. Mm -hmm. um, at task, I, I have to understand the team dynamics to protect and hire for what I'm bad at, uh, but also ensure that, that what I am good at is exemplified within the company, right? Um, and so you have to create this like, you know, superpower out of your best quality trait. Um, I think that that is absolutely one thing I learned in the beginning. I had preconceived notions of what a founder looked like and mm -hmm. needed to be. And so I was trying to fit myself in that mold. But once I broke away from that, um, I think it was very freeing. At the same time, it was more, you know, I was more convincing. I was more articulate. I was more uh, thoughtful, uh, mm -hmm. everything. And so, so play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. Like and so I would, but I'd also pair that with alignment uh, within a, an organization. And so... And what does that mean in an organization to understand your strengths and weaknesses? 
Like that just has more emphasis on what you want to do over time, right? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to to go? Uh, you know, what are your drivers? Are you driven by status? And is that VP spot something that you need or mm-hmm. are you shooting for? Um, or are you more driven by autonomy? And does working at a startup or you know doing something else uh, would that be more meaningful to you? So I'd really say that it's more about finding. Uh, yourself and your true self and where does that land in the company or outside the company absolutely a little bit different answer for you there buddy play to your strengths and do thoughtful failures oh yeah that's your wrap up here from tech and operations um spencer with wes here today i hope you all were able to take away some learning from this and we'll talk soon peace